Howie Mandel is a monster. The world falls in love with Lou Bega, and I hear Pat Oswalt's a big fan. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. 30, 2010, where you look back. Music, TV, movies, movies. That was the M word I was looking mm-hmm. for. Uh, video games and even some news. And we have a bunch of news to start out 1989 because there's some weak crap <laughs> throughout some of these decades. It's a it's yeah. a weird transitionary month. I think it's back to school week mm-hmm. in 1989 specifically. But it's 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 so much more than 1989. I, like I always say, open yourself up three little portals to the week of uh, October 23rd to the 29th in 1989, 1999, and 2009. And we will help you remember probably where you were, what you were doing, who you were breaking up with, who uh, <laughs> uh, who you were voting for. No, that wasn't happening. Uh, what you were eating. This That might yeah. happen this episode. Yeah. Uh, what you were eating in three decades across time. It's the next best thing to time travel, which doesn't exist because uh, somebody would have come back and told us. Mm. So until then, all you have is 302010. <laughs> and I'm one of your hosts. Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman, and I want to play, be played by Michael Chiklis, and I want it to destroy his career. <laughs> oh, poor it's me, Sarah. It's her, Sarah. And hi, welcome to 302010. This is going to be a fun episode. Probably doubled up a little on the news, which we don't normally do. It's mm-hmm. just like uh, everything else was so light, uh, and it made yeah. me laugh. Uh, just because, well, not not the first bit of news. Uh, singing. Oh, wait, no, this is fine. <laughs> I just saw. I just saw a, a country I couldn't find on a map and just mm-hmm. assumed it was a tragedy. Yeah, it's uh, usually a good <laughs> bet when we were looking at the the dock. Yeah, uh, singing revolution in Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Two million yeah. form human chain to defend freedom. Am I yes. doing the right accent? What does that mean? I, like, I guess so. I mean, they're they're the uh, the Baltic states uh, that are. At that time, part of the Soviet Union, and this is we're we're gonna get to the beginning of stuff that in another two months or so, the whole Soviet thing is gonna start breaking apart real fast. But these guys are mm. like, we used to be independent, and we're sick of Soviets, and so we're going to sing songs of freedom and have mass protests to show freedom. You come the hands across Latvia, be fun. <laughs> ah. exactly. uh, yeah, yeah. Good for them. I, I, I'm not so, saying that kind of yeah. thing. I mean, this is when it, this this year and into the next year, there's going to be some big changes in mm-hmm. re, you know Soviet type stuff, and how like peacefully it's done is still kind of mind-boggling to me. I mean, back in the day, the Soviets would just roll their tanks right into Budapest and just mm. start shooting everybody, and this they're just like, <sighs> you saw I don't nothing. Have time for <sighs> this. We're tired. <laughs> I just go for it. I don't care. Just do you sing your fucking Estonian song? I don't fucking care. Uh, and, and other Jesus Eastern European news the car singer Rico Kasich marries Polia Poriskova. <laughs> it's Polina Polina Poriskova. They, they separated last year, but then they are still married. Mm-hmm. They are still married. Okay. Now, if you don't know what Polina Poriskova looks like, she's like the most beautiful woman ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't and know you what Rico Kasich Kasich looks like, he looks like. <laughs> Tom Petty melted. Yes. <laughs> Tom, Tom Petty made it with a bug. Look, you guys, yeah. musicians, obviously, something's yeah. going on there. Look at Billy Joel. Uh, look at every asshole playing an acoustic guitar at a party, Sarah. I've seen you do it before. What? <laughs> I never. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Rick Ocasek can get it. Uh, <laughs> sure he got can. it for 29 years, and oh. they're still technically married, so they yeah. might wow. maybe they get back together. 
I truly love the cars. Wow. And this, this yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know, in, in reading about the minutia of the news throughout all three decades for the next couple episodes, in almost every second a segment, Disney is trying to acquire something. Disney oh, always boy. be trying stuff. They'd always be trying to acquire stuff. And I just thought it'd be funny because like uh, recently they had a tweet where they, we're uniting everybody for Disney Plus. And then like mm-hmm. The Simpsons is like, yeah, thanks. And uh, it should have got a little, it should have got the perfect response from the Muppet Twitter because mm-hmm. they didn't mention the Muppets Muppet at Twitter? all. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, it should have, because it, it, it was a big Twitter thing where every Twitter handle, the Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, Disney, mm-hmm. all talked to one another. Were you guys ready to go to Disney? And they did, Muppets. They forgot about the fucking Muppets, the original acquisition. And Disney announced that, that that was going to happen 30 years ago this week. Wow. And it wow. didn't. It did not happen for somewhere between 150 and 200 million dollars. It was a fascinating thing to read about in Jim Henson's biography. Uh, Michael Eisner, I believe, referred to it as Operation Big Bird. And they have these. I just wish I could have them recorded. It's like, now you don't bring up. If you bring up trying to buy Sesame Street, he's like, no, I said the Muppets. You don't get Big Bird. You, I'm out of here. Like Jim Henson would walk out of there if, if like, because wow. that's what they wanted. They yeah. wanted the Sesame Street characters, uh, but he's like, you can't have them. They're not yours. They belong, to, they belong to public television, and he was adamant about it. Good for and, him. And part of that and his death are the reasons like, like the deal didn't solidify. And the weird thing is, yes, the D- Disney would acquire the Muppets in 2004, but like the only thing that like you can still easily find of that deal is the Muppets 3D ride in both Disney parks. Yeah. That's, huh. That was part of it. Okay. Uh, they made some movies and stuff, but that's all like barely on DVD and all, it only exists on YouTube. But the, it's a beautiful attraction. I went mm-hmm. on it just, just a few months ago. I loved it. Uh, so you can still see that. And I thought this was funny because this week a new serial will debut for girls. Finally. Finally. Oh, oh my God. I've been wanting There's, the commercial starts two little girls, and at the end, a grown man in a convertible pulls up. Like it's Ken, and they start waving. <laughs> yes, that seems. Let's not, not explore this at all. Yeah. But like, I think, I think, you know, there's a chance we might be embarrassed by how gendered our shit was in mm. 30 years ago. But mm. I never saw it happen. I didn't realize it was something that didn't really happen to cereal. Cereal was all sort mm. of. It's pretty general neutral, right? Gender yeah. neutral, right? Yeah. It's a bandit dog or a or a sad a rabbit can. with, and they don't even dress up most of the characters, so it's true. you can't see. There's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, but I, what a silly idea! Like, why would you eliminate like half your audience in the '80s? Was with there a, a GI Joe cereal? You know what? There's there was got, tons of to Ninja be. Turtle cereal, and like, yeah. if you could say Star yeah. Wars is a boy thing, uh, yeah. then maybe. But like. I, yeah, I don't know. I just can't imagine being a little girl and asking for Barbie cereal. It has bees in it. I mean, I'm sure that this was begged for throughout the country. You think so? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. It's I, pink. I'm supposed to have pink. it. I, I I remember wanting Barbie shit more than my sister did. I'm like, hey, you should get that fucking Ferrari. Like, I can put my gizmo in it. Uh, <laughs> my favorite Barbies growing up were all the Disney branded ones. Like I had Aladdin and the Beast. I like the Rockers. Barbie and the Rockers. Oh, the yeah. shitty stab oh, they took they at Jim. Cool. It's, it is still pretty rad to look at. Yeah. Uh, I really, I, yeah, I thought something was wrong with me. I really like girl toys. But they had a ton of accessories. Like all, it's true. Like you could dress yep. He Man up with anything. You like came with a 
shirt made of plastic. Cloth, right? yeah. yeah, and that's it. That's all yeah. we could do. Barbie was pretty versatile. Have you ever tried to pair, put a pair of pants on a Barbie, though? I imagine it was like oh, very God. difficult. But I just no. washed my couch cushions. It, yes. was, it was very hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very hard to put those pants on. So, yes. Uh, Ralston is officially gendered the cereal aisle now. Hooray! Let's get into some movies of 1989. What are we looking at? August 23rd to 29th. And a movie called Cookie is out with Peter Falk, Diane Weist, and Emily Lloyd. All families have their problems, but only one has Cookie. 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 Yo. Peter Falk. You gotta taste this kid's Diane Weist. Now you two learn to love each other right now. Emily Lloyd. I'm just trying to save your life. They're a family the family will never forget. Susan Seidelman. What is this movie about? I don't get it. It, it looks like something that was supposed to have Madonna in it. That's just yes. what I'm going to guess right yeah. away. Yeah. There you go. Susan Seidelman's directed Desperately Seeking Susan. Um. Emily Lloyd is made up to look exactly the fucking same. Right. Yeah. But Cookie is, uh, let's just say, Madonna. But her family's in the mob. That's what the movie is. Yeah, pretty much. It just sort of runs afoul of some mob people. And I, why is Peter Falk doing this? I why don't is know. Diane Weiss? Why is Diane Weiss doing, doing this? it? She was just in Parenthood. She had a big movie. She's and... not the mob wife we've all envisioned. She's no Carmella, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I don't get I'm it. Just, I'm just so baffled by why why you got why you got knockoff Madonna here. It's been years. What do you? What are you doing? Well, I think it's that's weird. Trying to strike gold. I again. think that's why it, it had been probably sitting around for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Some sort of development. Actually, Here, speaking of, our next movie was sitting around. <laughs> it took like ten years to get off the ground. Yeah, and and weirdly, like I I've seen it because mm-hmm. it was a uh, it was Me I think too. I think it was a. Uh, like I think, did I mention that a few weeks ago when I saw Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street Five? My my friend, my best friend's aunt ran a video store. And in order to convince the video store to buy a shitload of tapes and rent them to the store, they'd get sample tapes, which would just be entire movies with don't copy this underneath it. Mm-hmm. And that was just beautiful when you were a little kid because you kind of like <laughs> only had access to Disney movies, whatever your parents would take you to see. But when his dad would go to bed, we'd just go through this box and like kind of pick out whatever there was. And after we exhausted what we could recognize, mm-hmm. I remember popping in Millennium and it just going whoosh over all our little heads. <laughs> uh, Chris Christopherson and Cheryl Ladd, though, sorry, 1989's Millennium. They say that when you die, you enter a brilliant white light. Walk toward the light. But what if you had never died at all? And something you could never imagine was awaiting you. Go! Once in a thousand years comes an adventure like this. Millennium. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday at the... See, I I, I kept... Like before there was the internet, I kept wondering what this was, and I assumed it was Stephen King's The Langoliers. Uh-huh. I don't know. You remember when you when you had to like, what yeah. was that? And oh like, yes, We've no one at my age had yeah. seen Millennium, uh, but now I know, and I don't remember a fucking thing about it. Why did it sit on the shelf Looks for ten like years? The Matrix. Jesus. No, that's they don't know how to sell this. No, it took like ten years to get on screen. It was supposed to be directed by Douglas Trumbull, who did like the special effects for two thousand and one, and like Paul Newman was supposed to be in it. And it just sort of like bounced around in development hell for a long time until I think the, you know, budget got slashed. You end up with Chris Christopherson, who I love. I've established as many times. Um, and this movie just bombed. Um, mm-hmm. And it has horrible reviews. 
But I remember it being like, I feel like this is like a bad movie that could be remade in a better version. Yeah. It's about this plane crash and it's just, it's like a weird mystery of like the plane crash, but where are the bodies? We don't know what's going on and trying to figure out. And there was like a light and we don't know what it was. And spoiler alert, what it comes down to is like off like a thousand years in the future, civilization is so fucked up that they like need healthy people back from before we trashed the place. So they're using <laughs> time travel to grab all the people that are going to die anyway, like in plane crashes and just grabbing all the people up and taking them to the future. Oh, wow. Wow. Just because I just like having people around me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's a, that's such a cool idea. That's like, very oh, we're not going to fuck up the, you know, the, the space time continuum because we're not actually changing anything. They were going to disappear in 1989 and they did. What's your fucking problem? It's like, that's a neat idea. It's actually, pr- it's, it's pretty similar to a plot on the Orville. Uh, the first oh. season, yeah. yeah. I'll spoil that. Charlize Theron plays, she appears on the ship. Ooh, who is this lady? And then it uh, turns out she is a, a collector ship dealer, and she appeared on her ship for, on the Orville from the future to take the ship into the future to sell it because they were going to all die in a crash. Mm. So she rescues yeah. ships before they die in a crash. And she's like, look, do you guys want to live or not? Like, you were already dead. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I didn't have to save you. I, I needed the ship. Not Anyway, That's I love that show. That's and a cool, such a cool idea. It is. And yeah. it's, it's a, she's a great guest star on that episode. Mm. It's a bit of a spoiler, but that show rules. There's many other episodes. Uh, and also out this week, Jesus Christ, look at this cast. Uh, Pam Greer, yeah. Dennis Franz, uh, John Hurd, Mr. McAllister, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Joanna Cassidy, and Gene Hackman in The Package. Rated X. It began in Berlin. The Marty Board. Teen assignment for Sergeant <laughs> John Gallagher. There you go, Sergeant. He's all yours. Yeah. You go to that court martial, you better get those ribbons on your chest. Be all you can be. I think you're going to prison, Walter. You don't know where I'm going. But something went wrong. I need your help, Eileen. I know. They caught you climbing out the window of some lady's boudoir. No, I. Lost my package, a prisoner I was bringing back from Germany. Dead wrong. Something weird has come up on this guy. Why would someone want to take the place of a guy going to prison? Okay, okay. okay. Wow, this looks good. Yeah, it looks like a very serious last detail. (laughs) Yeah, it's, well, it's, no, not serious last detail. But, I mean, like, it's, it's sort of, it's a thriller Um, it's sort of mixed reviews. I remember watching it, like, as a kid and being like, this is pretty good. But it is kind of fun. This like that's why she's on the show, people. Diana watched shit like this as a little kid. Yeah, that was that was and me. Then at age an, 11. Hey, then, this isn't pretty bad. Eh? And then had an opinion about it. Yeah, yeah. I thought the cinematography was pretty good, man. Make man by the I was watching the next movie for the 90th time. Diana's watching the package. Tale of military intrigue. But it, it is kind of fun in that it's about someone escorting, you know, a uh, a guy to prison and then they have to then it gets loose and they have to go chase him. He's a fugitive, if you will. But it's Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, I'm going to hide in every warehouse, cow house, wobble house. <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes. I'll pick the Waffle Houses, guys. I will be the one to search all the Waffle Houses. Don't worry. I got it covered. It would only cost you like $30. It's a dream job. Waffle House is the best. Well, 
No one's in. Okay, might as well uh, have. If anybody waffle. can help us with that, I w- I would love to be the official podcast of Waffle House. Like I think love their it. food is delightful. They could play us on the jukebox mm-hmm. oh, yes. along with all the Waffle House yeah. theme songs. <laughs> Take Dude, out some of that I, racist I country music. I visited Tennessee uh, in high school, and I came back trying to explain to people the Waffle Houses have jukeboxes with like a dozen Waffle House theme songs, and yeah. no one fucking believed me. No, it's true. Well, they were fools. It's true. So they yeah. Have, You've been there. You you, understand. It's not just a place where people fight at two in the morning. It's also delicious, cheap (laughs) food uh, made classically. It's also a beacon of hope, and is usually the only thing open during a hurricane. This is true. We've tested this. They make their poor. How do we get started on waffle? I don't know. From from the package. Now I want. Now I want it. I want smothered, covered. Well, I don't know. Anything else on the package, Daner? No. I mean, you can put in comments if if you remember. Like I said, all the reviews are missed. Some people really like it. Some people just said it was boring. So. I I always feel like we have like I didn't rewatch it. I I so I can't really have an opinion. I always feel like we have a dozen listeners who are older than us, and <laughs> the rest are all younger. Mm-hmm. So I cannot imagine mm-hmm. anybody anybody is gonna like fucking Kirk Douglas for the package. Uh, but fucking this movie, like this was talked about all the time. At least I think it was. Uh, oh, on your schoolyard, maybe. Yeah, in the schoolyard. Like when I was one of the kids without HBO. So I just, I, I have that one foot in the 1940s where like, I can't see this, but I'd like to sit here and listen to you talk about this movie <laughs> because I don't have access to it. It's true. Uh, and I remember getting it confused a lot with Monster Squad, but uh, this mm-hmm. is not that. It's got Daniel Cern, Howie Mandel, and Fred Savage in Little Monsters. wonder why kids get blamed for everything just because their parents can't explain it. Yeah, I didn't do anything. You're dead, mister. The reason's right under your bed. Hey, bud, the name's Maurice, and I'll catch you later. What goes on down there is every kid's fantasy. It's magic. Think of it, No teachers, no rules, no homework. <laughs> and the best part is, you don't see any parents telling the kids what they can't eat. We're the reason kids get locked in their rooms. We're the reason brothers hate their sisters. <laughs> We're also the reason that parents send their kids back to camp. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that is how he meant <laughs> going for Fred Savage's pants at this point yeah. in the trailer. This is Little Monsters, and it's just like a... Creepier Monsters Inc. Uh-huh. Um, and mm-hmm. and it is no Monster Squad, I'll say. But I didn't notice at the time until we I looked into this. This has both Fred Savage and Daniel Stern. I know. It, it has Fred Savage's inner voice from the Wonder Years as oh, his dang. dad. Like I oh, think wow. I think as a total coincidence. That's yeah. not really a stunt worth stunt worth casting over. Especially when I believe the story was the company that made this like completely shit the bed and went out of the business. This movie screened on like no screens mm. and was mm-hmm. sort of lost if it wasn't for HBO. And then for kids my age, like most people have, in VHS, most people have fond memories of this. Like it was just a contemporary movie for most people my age. They've probably never even seen it widescreen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Little Monsters. So so Howie Mandel plays the monster under Fred Savage's bed? Mm-hmm. And takes him down to, under the bed, there's Monster World? Yeah, it sh- seems like. shenanigans. His parents are separating. Blah, 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 blah. blah. It's, 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 uh, I, I, I watched Monsters, it. Inc. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's yeah, it's it's very, very Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, Pixar will tends to cherry pick from things from the eighties and hopes no one will notice. I've seen a Christmas toy. I'm on to you, Pixar. I know everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make me go into that again. Uh, I got to do that in the 1986 episode of 302010. But one of the things I would like to point out, dude, we Laser Time is a show based on stupid topic criteria, and one of the stupidest topics we ever did 
was 1-900 numbers, which mm-hmm. the internet essentially <laughs> killed. Mm-hmm. So if you did have this on VHS, I want to see how much of this you can get through because it is ridiculous. We might have oh, done no. we might have done this for rap oh, commercials. I just, God, when I saw this was coming, I was like, "Oh God, Chris is going to play that." Fucking I have again. to. I have to. Oh, it's so awful. It's but like if, remember if you had a VHS, like even as a kid, I'd like I wouldn't really skip the stuff in front of it. I'd watch right. the Pizza Hut commercial every time before Ninja Turtles. So you would see this one nine one nine hundred Maurice. Maurice is the name of Howie Mandel's monsters character. Okay. And it just like every time I I played this, I think two or three times on a podcast, and every time I want to stop, there's no chorus, so they just keep giving you more information. And it keeps getting more <laughs> okay. annoying. Oh my god! Ah. I, we are we are we are a quarter of the way through the commercial. Is this? <laughs> and they've they've already conveyed like like the the what do you call it the bylines the shit the radio guy would say really right. fast. They just incorporated the song. I feel get your like, parents' mission first. I feel like the Beastie Boys really missed out on an opportunity <laughs> to do a cover of this, both with the pun of the name it's, Beastie Boys. Mo it's Monsters. such a bummer. They had plus it sounds. Just like that. Yeah, it sounds like someone's trying to do a little Beastie Boys action. Yeah. Oh, you're right. We should listen to more. It's three plugs for magazines that no longer exist. <laughs> Wow. I'm just I'm just imagining the professional adult man <laughs> standing in the recording studio to go uh yeah Barry could could you hit uh magazine harder can we hear that again? <laughs> magazine! magazine It sounds like oh, someone's yeah, having a blast. They got the scoop, they'll tell you more. Check out the display at your video store. <laughs> All right, I will play so anymore. Much you're not even halfway through. It's up to you to look <laughs> up the rest of it. Unbelievable. Or listen to Laser Time's one uh, nine hundred number collection. Someone, please chime in and tell me that they called this number uh, one something. I think it's pretty evil because, and that's that's that's. I'm glad they're gone because it was ninety five cents a minute. Yeah, that's insane. In eighty nine, in hopes you would win. Garbage. Just a autographed picture of Fred's. Not that. That's fantastic. But like a little monster's pinball machine. Like yeah. if you're on the line for more than like ten minutes, you could have just gone out and bought that yourself. Yeah. Like don't call. Don't call for a chance to win. Especially not when. What do you hear when you call? <laughs> I'm so know. confused. That's and that's what we got because some some beautiful maniac because like Freddy Krueger had his own hotline right. for kids yeah. and some beautiful maniac bothered to record it because most of these things are completely lost to time. Sure. And uh, yeah, I think you can find some of that on YouTube. I find it fascinating because uh, we were talking a few weeks ago about like being desperate for entertainment enough to go to a movie's promotional website. Like mm-hmm. that was just 10 years ago for me. Like mm-hmm. I can't imagine what I would have done in 1989 while waiting for a movie I wanted to see. Yeah. I, I like I, I think I, I used to dial 1-800-USA-SEGA at every payphone I was at on every family vacation just to listen to what Sega games were out with sonic noise in the background. It was wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it's ridiculous. So ridiculous. glad I have a smartphone now. Oh. Um 
But yeah, don't wait. Don't waste any time on the Maurice hotline. Not when the Equalizer finale is on. That's right. <laughs> on TV, yeah. 1989, the 23rd to the 29th of August. I mean, I, it, it was pretty popular. It went on for four seasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I just like read it. Was reading the description, my eyes glazed over. Like, there's no what. No one cares about this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they made two damn movies. Yeah, I was gonna say they then, they so. cared enough to do two Denzel movies in the past couple years. That's the same thing. Yeah. No, it isn't. Yes, Queen. Okay, then I'm an idiot because yeah. I, I didn't get I didn't get that far down on the wiki. It's the story of like an ex CIA operative guy who now puts out a classified ad that basically says do you have a problem yo i'll solve it call the <laughs> equalizer and he uses die 189 maurice and i'll solve it <laughs> he uses his special set of skills in order to help out people so i mean it's definitely a procedural that's what the equalizers are about yes, oh goodness i have not seen them yep yep i believe no. in the... and it, it starts the guy from the wicker man the uptight cop who doesn't have a good day oh that's my description. Oh, of that, that, that guy is fantastic. I love that yeah. dude. That that movie is yeah, so fucking great. Do not let Nicolas Cage scare you away from the original Wicker Man, because mm. Christopher Lee rules. And yeah, yes. this is really special to me, because Sarah and I have been talking well, a lot on bonus time about adaptations of books we read. Yep. And mm-hmm. this is the only time I can think of, like, I've read the book, I have never seen the movie. It's well. It's it. it, Well, up until like YouTube and no one giving a shit, it was impossible to find. As we'll talk about, Mm -hmm. but this week is it in theater? It's on television. Mm -hmm. It's on television, and it went to theaters overseas. Okay, and it was it was supposed to go to theaters. Got this in a theater. It was supposed to go to theaters in America, Uh, and by all accounts, it probably I don't know. Like it's got pretty terrible reviews, but it's Bob Woodward's Wired, the story of John Belushi, uh, as played by the Commish Vic Mackey. Michael Chiklis, and I'll let him, I'll let the narrator explain. Nineteen eighty-two, John Belushi, the fabulous comedy star of TV's Saturday Night Live, Animal House, and The Blues Brothers, is dead at the age of thirty-three. Nineteen eighty-four, his story becomes a book by Bob Woodward, the prize-winning author of All the President's Men. You know, this could be one of those stories we've always talked about—that whole Hollywood drug scene out there. Nineteen eighty-nine, the man and the book become the motion picture that Hollywood never wanted to be made. The life. It is. It is true. It in that. I don't know that. I don't know that studios. Studios. I don't know that a, a group of people like this still have the power to blackball something to this extent. Wait, hold on. I did want to play a little bit of chickless. I think it just literally happened with the hunt, but right. Well, that, hold on. Hold on. That's political. That's political. But... That's based on like audiences being sour mm-hmm. and maybe too sour to see it. But here's a little bit of Vic Mackey, a man I love. Uh, uh, doing a doing almost no John Belushi impression. Incredible times. I use drugs to keep myself alert to the comic possibilities and everything around me. The truth. So it's it's so strange to me. Yeah. Uh, just because yeah. it's really weird. I mean, it's weird to you're making a biography that involves a lot of people who are still alive because, like we said, he only died in eighty two, and it's eighty nine right now. And the book was written and, two years after the fact with all of their yeah. participation. So they, and that's right. the story. They and were not they, happy. So many were so angry that uh, people's kind of likenesses 
are used. There's people, it's like, you can figure out who that guy, oh, I guess that guy's John Landis, but no one is allowed to say anyone's name. Right. Mm. And I, I believe even- Ackroyd, but you can't say his first name. Even uh, even Lauren Michaels refused to let them use SNL material. So you'll Correct. see Michael Chiklis playing uh, the samurai baseball man. Ah, uh, because because they yes, have I'm to very they have to come up with fake sketches. Well, okay, so they all these people did participate in the writing of the yes. book, but then. Mm. The movie they had a problem with. Well, Bob, the, the book they hated because Bob Woodward went yeah. elsewhere and didn't did not like it was. I think she asked, may have like enticed uh, Belushi's wife may have enticed Bob Woodward to write the book, oh. and and cooperated with the writing of the book, but like wasn't given any approval over uh, what was published. I see. And you know, if right. you're Bob Woodward, like he'd probably say very slowly, "Why the fuck would I do that?" Yeah. Seen Bob Woodward mm-hmm. on the news a lot lately. Sorry for my great impression. It's of, wonderful. <laughs> it's like he's in the room. Uh, and and the, the rumor goes, and like I didn't know this until Chiklis started talking about it somewhat recently, that like he didn't work for years. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. he, he was, this is his debut. It's this his is first his movie. So he, he, had, he had no idea the baggage that was swirling around. It's also bizarre to think of a world where Dan Aykroyd could swing his weight around. And mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. some blackballing going on, but I'd also like, it's kind of for a good cause. <laughs> like it's a movie that's going to make their friend look super shitty. And and people would go back and reevaluate the book, and like it is kind of a much older journalist writing about a young person in the seventies, mm-hmm. which, yeah, maybe you don't get a lot of the drug use or the yeah. or the obsession with metal, or there's no context here for why any of this was happening, or like what stress was on John Belushi. You just make him look like a mess, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which apparently, you know, according to everybody else, nice guy. And I, like whenever I watch old SNLs, which I don't because they're terrible. He's the only guy who remembers his lines. Mm-hmm. Always, it's like I, I like I thought he was crazy. I thought he was famous for being nuts. He's everyone else is so high or drunk or just learning their lines. They mm-hmm. flub everything. John Belushi never. Yeah. He's fucking great on point in every sketch. Uh, but yeah, like uh, like the rumors went that it went all the way to Michael Ovitz, who threatened people mm-hmm. to not distribute the movie, so the movie couldn't find a distributor. So it sat around for a year and just eventually got squelched out on the television. And wow. Poor little Michael yeah. Chiklis didn't work for a long time. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I think he just talked about that on WTF mm-hmm. and how, yeah, he was, what a tough break. Yeah. I mean, terrible. I think he, he mentioned something about trying to apologize to someone involved. And, yeah. And like, but like, you know, fucking young, I'm a kid. I didn't, like, it was a, there was an audition and I took it and it yeah. seemed like my big break and I just didn't think about any of that because well, they make movies about people like, all the time. Yeah. It's not like he's bad in it. I mean, he's working with the material that's there, but, you know, it's he's fairly heartfelt. Like, you understand this guy's not just a giant fuck-up. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a big heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really weird to watch, if you can, because it has never been on DVD. Yep. Uh, and-, and it was briefly on VHS and is out of print. Yep. So mm-hmm. if you can get your paws on it, and it's sort of worth it just to be able to say that you did... There's uh, a lot of stuff of like, it starts with Belushi waking up in the morgue and then running around yelling, I'm not dead. And it's like, this is super uncomfortable. Why are you doing this? (laughs) Why are you made it? Because we're going meta because it's so crazy. And it's like, this just just makes me sad. Why? No. It it has terrible reviews on its own merits. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) so it's, it's, yeah, it's a little forgotten piece of history. And if you love Saturday Night Live history as much as I do, I like, I'm fascinated by this. Um, Hell yeah, I'm never going to get rid of my... I have an original copy of the book. But yeah, Wired is out. And that is that about wraps up television for the week. But games, it gets 
Uh, really neat. I feel like we didn't mention the Sega Genesis coming out in America, which it did a few oh. weeks ago. Well, I, we, I think we mentioned the Mega Drive coming over uh, out in Japan, and like when there were more people who <laughs> lived and breathed video games doing 30, 20, 10, we would debate over when to talk about this release. But I know we talked about the release of the Mega Drive, but the, mm-hmm. the Genesis is out. But I think more interestingly, this week, I just wanted to give you that context. We might have missed that, but we have absolutely talked about the Mega Drive in depth before mm-hmm. is that before Nintendo made Nintendo games they made the Game & Watch series and this week the Zelda Game & Watch comes out and that is do you remember those little two AA batteries LED game just little black yeah. lights mm-hmm. that would pop up on a screen that's those are the games Nintendo made for a very very long time and they continued making them into the into the Famicom and the NES and uh, as far as I can tell other than like re-releases and like uh, oddball releases they made a Zelda one it's the last one ever so at hmm. with that bookend, we get uh, what we get <laughs> uh, another import from Japan. A new system debuts on store shelves. Introducing TurboGrafx-16, the next generation video game system. It's four times faster, so the games are more exciting. There are almost ten times as many colors, so the arcade quality graphics are even more intense. And you can expand your system with a CD player for CD games with sound effects that are turbocharged. TurboGrafx-16 from NEC, the higher energy video game system. NEC in Hudson, we get the TurboGrafx-16. Is that a stupid name? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. But it is a very underrated little platform. It's got 10 times as many colors. That's 20 (laughs) colors. Well, I think even when we talked about bit systems, which is how we... As a kid, we didn't know the specs inside. Sega was even able to lie to us about blast processing, for fuck's sake. We talked about bits, or we knew how many colors could be displayed. And the NES was famous at the time for being able to display more colors than most other game systems. Then the Genesis came on the loop. And, then, and the Turbo Graphics played that up a ton, but I think with the with the name 16 in it, like only the N64 would do that. Like mm-hmm. the shit. That's how many bits we have. I don't even know what bits mean anymore. I, I feel like I want a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right? I want all the bits. Uh, it's Give just, me all your bits. All, all your bits are belong to me in 1989. And... and, <laughs> and, and just when the jump from eight to 16 bit was a significant one. I know even people like me who love games, like it's sometimes it's difficult to see iterations and consoles of the last 10 years. Cause they all, that looks even better than the other good one. Um, <laughs> but they were, they were night and day and, and this came out and it's just a, it's expensive. B it is a little behind the time. The Genesis, although it came out three weeks earlier, the, TurboGrafx-16 is a American version of the PC Engine in Japan that has been out for two years. So, oh. an I, that there would and today there would have been two, three iPhones out in between that. So that's how behind this thing is starting. But it's, it wants to take advantage of that NES market with a higher power machine, even though it only has an eight bit CPU. So the Genesis is what you want to go with. But it's still an underrated platform, really cool. And because it had been two years, it launched with. Do you th- it has that CD attachment? Yeah, four hundred dollars. <gasps> For that attachment, $400. But at the time, you can play music CDs the same way the PS2 could play DVDs. It was like, how much is a CD player? Probably like two, three hundred bucks. This one also plays arcade perfect games, but like that, it's just odd because the Sega CD released much longer after the Sega Genesis was out. This is like the the day it's announced, it has a $400 attachment that that can only play these games. It was confusing. There were too few games on the system, and it was. I would say a little pricey. The NES was down to like a hundred bucks, and they wanted a little over two hundred for the 
Turbo Graphics, and it just sort of died. And thirty, it's about to get a re-release in one of the mini consoles. I wish I was anxious to stop collecting mini consoles, but I absolutely love them. I can't wait to set them all up on my shelf. Uh, <laughs> Turbo Graphics sixteen debuts in America this week on the 29th of August. Uh, but with that, we got to get into some music as we take you out of 1989. But stay there, because 1999 is really swell as well. Mm-hmm. Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks is still number one. So, yeah, get your hankies out. But we also have new releases from... Wherever you go, Ooh. whatever you do. Yes. <laughs> this song will be Right Here Waiting oh, but... for us to talk about it again. Oh, baby, we got a new release from Barry White, baby. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, still cruising by the Beach Boys. Man, that sounds sad, even in 89. Uh, oh, that's it's considered their worst album because it's got uh, mostly like re-recordings of the good old songs and also like the Cram Kokomo back in there and uh, everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see why. Probably Mike Love and a bunch of studio musicians. Exactly. Um, Fucking Mike Love. Lukather? Am I saying that right? Solo so. debut of Toto guitarist <laughs> Steve Lukather. Uh, Sleeping with the Past by Elton John and Steel Wheels finally by the uh, by the Rolling Stones. Uh, we will close out with mixed emotions by the Rolling Stones, but stay right there. We got a lot of 1999 to talk about. We are in the middle of summer, everyone, and hopefully you're not spending all of your time inside catching up with what we're talking about in 302010 and getting out a little bit. But once again, are you breaking out that baseball cap for a day on the beach or the ballpark? Are you wearing something to hide the thing here? Hey, you don't have to anymore. Do something about hair loss while you still can. And hey, why not one backed by medicine and science? You can do just that with 4hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Even better, 302010 listeners can get started for just $5 today at 4hims.com slash 30. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. There is no shame in it. But thanks to science and hymns, baldness can be optional. What hymns does is connects you to real doctors who offer medical-grade solutions. These aren't magic beans, no. They are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions you've heard of, and it'll help you keep your hair. But the absolute best part are the things you don't need, like insurance or waiting rooms or awkward doctor visits. You can save hours of your life by going to 4 and answering a few quick questions that a doctor will review so they can prescribe you what you need and send it right to your door. It's very easy. No waiting. Save money. Preserve the hair you have. And once again, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just 5 bucks today while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. And remember, this would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. So go to 4 slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-H-I-R-T-Y. Once again, that's 4 slash 30. A little bit of Monica in my life. A little bit of Erica by my side. A little bit of Rita's all I need. A little bit of Tina's what I see. A little bit of Sandra in the Listeners, you and I are going to touch the sky this episode. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, that is Lou Vega, author of many songs I cannot name, but uh, among, among them has to be Mambo Number no. Five off of a little oh, bit of Mambo. There's at least four other Mambos, right? No, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. gotta be right. I know he did ah. a. I know he did a. If you, if you had the Jungle Book CD-ROM, he did a "I Want to Be Like You" cover. He did. He That's did. Right. How did you know that, Sarah? <laughs> he had the CD-ROM. I know a lot. That's of amazing. 
but this song, holy shit. It, like, I remember the second I heard it, like, wow, this is going to be really popular. Yep. And I don't hate this mm-hmm. yet, but yep. I know I'm going to hate this in like three months. Oh, and man. sure enough, I did. It was at every dance, every high school dance for a couple years, every wedding I went to. It got mm. people out on the dance floor, that's for sure. It is terrible, though. Yeah, it's a it's flapper. It's terrible. It was like the first time I heard it, I was like, what is this crap? Oh, God, this is going to... It's the same thing where it's like, well, I hate this, so it's probably going to be popular. Oh, no. And then I just listened to it again for the first time in a long time, and I was like, yep, I still hate this song. I feel yeah. no need to listen to it. It's not as redeemable as... <laughs> It's not as her team was all star by Smash Mouth Diana. Yeah. The song you love. <laughs> I do. You love. Why don't I you never, marry it? Yes. <laughs> I never want to hear it again, but I do like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I'd ever want to hear it again. I did. I did love that. Like, I think Lou Bega like kind of had a sense like this is it for me. So there was like anything he could do or be on, he just he. So he'd be everywhere too. Yeah. He was very open. To these, like, this is. This is my shot. I'm going to take it. I feel like I just saw him pop up on the commercial. Right. Just kind of recently, actually. It's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should look into it for VGA's top five. There you go. Compost number five, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, welcome to 1999, August 23rd to the 29th. There are, there's other music out this week that you might like, such as Slap Happy by L7. Uh, yeah. Feist debut, Monarch. Uh, LFO's self-titled debut. Does that feature Abercrombie and Fitch, I'm guessing? Ew. Summer Girls, that's what that's called. Uh, Mock Tutor by Richard Thompson, Filters, title of record, Home by Seven Dust, Fundamental Elements of Southtown by P.O.D., The Boot Licker by The Melvins, uh, JTOL.com by Jethro Tull. Oh, Stay with it. Oh, my God. Uh, so. <laughs> God. Finger always, the flute is always on the pulse in that it's one. That's true. The, uh, I, Austin you says, know what? I'm going to go to JTOL.com right now. <laughs> uh, while you do that, I'll tell you uh, the Austin it sessions. It goes to JethroToll.com. Yes. All right. Nice. <laughs> Someone remember to renew their hosting. Uh, the the yes, Austin Sessions that. by Chris Christofferson of Millennium fame from the previous yeah. segment. Uh, Bitter by Michelle and Deggio Cello. I don't think I mispronounced anything. You thought you thought Deggio Cello would trip me up. I thought Fuck you, you guys. You try to throw it, try to yep. throw it at me. Forever by Puff Daddy and Christina by Christina Aguilera, which is nice because Genie the Bottle by Christina Aguilera is number one. Anyway, moving into um, movies. Movies of uh, August twenty third to the 29th, nineteen ninety nine. Six cents. Justifiably is still number one at the box office. Thank goodness. But uh, uh, man, there's a new movie out by someone I didn't know at the time, but now is sort of like pound for pound one of my favorite filmmakers uh-huh. ever. Yeah, uh, has a new movie out for the first time in years, starring Stephen Wright, <laughs> Jeff Bridges, Andy McDowell, Sharon Stone, Albert Brooks, and yeah, I believe written by Albert Brooks. Hi, yeah. it's mm-hmm. the Muse. Do you know what a muse is? Her powers are unbelievable. She inspires creativity. Her methods. I've got a muse. I've got my own She's muse. Are unconventional. You better have a gift. What? Three thousand five hundred. Oh God no. And her fee. I'm going to need a suite at the Four Seasons. Is non-negotiable. Do you one of those things that you go like that and it turns the lights out? Because that's a little far for me. A new comedy from Albert Brooks. <laughs> The Muse, rated PG-13, starts Friday, August 27th. Man, I wish I liked this movie more. I ju- I literally watched it before I drove over here. Oh, you did? Yep, I was finishing it's, it it's, up. It's probably not terrible in hindsight. It's not terrible, no. Albert Brooks mm-hmm. is such a, like, a unique voice as a character and as a mm-hmm. writer-director. Um, 
but just like he made in the 80s only perfect films. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he made one movie a decade and The Muse was the 90s and then Searching for Comedy in the Muslim World, which I will not be checking out to see mm. how that holds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's more sensitive than it sounds. Sure. But uh, The Muse is about him. Um, he's a writer, I believe. Yes, he's and- a writer. He's kind of starting to become passe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's losing his touch and he... I can't put it on the page. It's my bad complaining. Yeah, he's complaining to Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. his friend, is, and his friend is like, Buddy, you need to get a muse. Get a muse. You can just go hire one. Yes, mm-hmm. get my muse. And it's Sharon Stone in a very quirky Dharma and Greg haircut mm-hmm. doing very quirky things. But it's it's very un Sharon Stone as the role as far as the role goes. Yeah. She, you don't see yeah. her tits? She's no, you do. Funny. Oh, okay, good. You, you definitely do. Okay, good. Yeah, she's pretty funny in it, for sure. Oh, good. But I don't know. I don't... I kind of hate the ending, because mm. she ends up staying with them. She's kind of wreaking havoc on their lives, because she's so quirky, and she has, like, you know, demands all this attention she's and results. gifts and stuff. Yes, but she's, like, really helping him uh, write better. Mm. And, but... <laughs> I really enjoy the other storyline that's going on is that Annie McDowell, who is play, who is Albert Brooks's wife in this, she has this amazing cookie recipe. And so <laughs> Sharon Stone as the muse actually inspires her to open up her own cookie company. Mm-hmm. And that is a wild success. And so it starts to give Albert Brooks's character complex, like all the muse's powers are being wasted on his wife, who is building a business empire. Honey, could you just go out of town for a couple of days? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And then, um, but then at the end, so she's staying at their house, and then at the end they have this scene where these two people show up, and they're from a psychiatric hospital, and they're <laughs> claiming that the muse, Sharon Stone, has escaped from the hospital, and that she's got multiple personalities, and that's what's been going on this whole time. And I was kind of like, oh, bummer. I just wanted her to be, a, I wanted it to be mystical yeah. and fun. Like, why not, why did we have to turn it into? Turns out the joke's on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep doing my terrible Albert Brooks That's as long good. as you don't tell me to stop. It's pretty good. It also sounds like someone else. It also sounds like you're Dan Hedaya. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do him again, so. We just you're talking about Dan Hedaya. Mm-hmm. Yes, Nixon. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm. But up until the ending, I think it's a, you know. It's it's a very L.A. movie. Everyone's in it. Yeah. Wolfgang Puck's in it. <laughs> <laughs> and who I, I remember there was another camera. Is Debbie Reynolds in it? No, but they're no, all the directors I are in it. You're James Cameron. Of yeah, you're okay. thinking of mother. Oh, I am thinking of mother. Yeah, and Scorsese's the, in it. Scorsese yeah. has a cameo. Mm-hmm. James Cameron. Um, Rob Reiner. I remember seeing this like Scorsese should be an actor. Then he was. Yeah, and then <laughs> he was in a bunch of stuff after that. It's crazy how young all these directors look compared True. to how we like see them now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, shit. We have to move on to a movie I had, I definitely haven't seen. Omar Epps, LL Cool J, Stanley Tucci, Pam, Pam Greer. Ooh, will she get a? Will she hit every decade? We'll see. Neil Long and In Too Deep. They want you to go back in, don't they? You're going after God. This is Jay Reed. I'm going to see what kind of organization he's dealing with. So what you see? You mean like y'all having a ball, man? You the new man on the block. You got to earn your stripes, baby. I cannot live like this anymore. I wonder what this movie's about. (laughs) Uh, No idea. uh, It's Black Donnie Brasco. Hey, look at that. (laughs) Yep. Which is to say, it's actually... 
pretty good. It's it another is. one that's like, I remember seeing this 20 years ago. I think it was pretty good. And then like, look at the reviews and they're like, yeah, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. Omar Epps is a, a cop and he has to go undercover with a gang led by LL Cool J playing a bad guy, but he's also sort of like an understandable bad guy, but then he's really bad. But then it's like, you like him, but then he's really bad because he's LL Cool J and he's likable. And um, it's pretty good. And I like Omar Epps. And no, me I too. feel like Omar Epps should have been a leading man more. Well, for me, he was in the 90s. But since I wasn't watching network television in the 2000s, it was like he disappeared. Yeah. And mm. <laughs> yeah, I think he was on yeah. like 19 TV shows for more than eight seasons. Uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty good. Sam and I watched it the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, was, because, of course, the Tooch. The Tooch? You gotta watch his yeah, I love him so much, and he's really tooching. He's tooching all over. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, LL Cool J is a pretty good actor. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's really actually quite good in this, and not doing like quips and, you know, like what he was doing in Deep Blue Sea, where he's just no. like, you know, throwing out one liners. Casting and... directors love Cool James. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. Sure. You can do it, and and the title isn't stupid, as it turns no, out. Like, it's I, not. I thought it was just generic as hell when I saw the previews. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, this makes a lot of sense. I oh, I don't know if this makes any yeah. sense. It's it's better than the rest of the movies we're going to talk about. Mm. <laughs> this might be the. High I'm dreading point, it because I depending on how you feel about wacky horses. I I tried to watch a little of one of these and uh, just like my mind bowed out. Like it like. <laughs> Just instinctually, hmm. uh, but not not this movie. Joe Morton, Charlie Theron, and uh, Johnny Depp in the Astronaut's Wife. Now, what happened during those two minutes? There was an accident. There was an explosion. No, she's beginning to fear that the lives inside her aren't human, and he will stop at nothing to protect them. If you are watching this tape, if you are watching this tape, Mrs. Armacost, I'm probably dead. <laughs> He's not your husband anymore. No! Where are you going to go, honey? Where are you going to go? Okay, has anybody seen this? Yeah, yeah. I watched it a couple days ago. Oh, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. How do you have time? It's and, not bad. That's impossible. Is Johnny Depp an alien? I think it's a bad movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it, it's it's trying it so hard to be Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I mean, oh it's, my God. it's basically... It is riding Rosemary's Baby's dick Hard, it's, and that Johnny Depp is uh, a really nice guy. He's an alien, uh, astronaut, and he goes into space, and something happens, and he comes back, and he's acting spooky. And then Charlize Theron, his wife, gets knocked up, and he acts spookier. And it's like, yeah, I've I've been here though. You're not doing anything new. Mm. Sure. Well, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a thriller. It's very slow in the middle to get mm. her to where she needs to realize how bad things are. It takes. It takes a while. Um, yeah. And God, Joe Morton is such a scene chewer. He is <laughs> the <laughs> actoriest actor in the world. It's in, it's so fun to watch him because he just lets loose yeah. with no compunction. Like, he does not care. <laughs> Love when that happens. Yeah, it's pretty great to watch him do that. If you're interested in seeing more of that, watch I, Scandal. He I, is I could crazy watch, in Scandal. Ooh. Miles Dyson die over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, That's yeah. like his least seen Chewy role, I feel like, too. It's <laughs> mild. It only gets He's more. in two of the best movies of all time, Speed and T2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't hate this movie. I think it's it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Charlize Theron is a baby face in this. Her, she looks yeah. very different now, I feel like. Really? Yeah. 
I feel, I feel like yeah, she's I like, like most the same. She, somehow she looks younger than Devil's Advocate, and I think it's just she's got like really skinny eyebrows or something. There's something <laughs> about it's like how, how are you aging backwards? I yeah. don't understand. Yeah, something's definitely different. Gwen Stefani eyebrow tree. I think it's that haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yet another Jenna Elfman up in that, this. That um, well, that this is mm-hmm. a Rosemary's Baby. Oh, okay, <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah, I like th- like five minutes into it, I'm like, <sighs> wait a minute, I know what you're doing here. So I feel like I need to do the talking here because I'm part of the reason that the yeah. next movie happened. <gasps> uh, How yep. dare you? But I've come around, Sadly, and I'm an advocate of um. You should expect more from studios to pander to your nostalgia and make a live-action version of your favorite cartoon. I'm saying this as someone who, day one, was lined up with no one else to watch The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle in movie theaters. My favorite J-Ward comedy. But uh, they were in some deal with Universal, and that movie was enough of a success for them to say, you know what, this George of the Jungle Kid's got something. No, Uh, you got it. Is it backwards? Yeah, we still have Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle coming up. I thought it was last year. Jungle... No, but George of the Jungle was last year, so, and okay. it was a success. Well, that, Rocky and Bullwinkle will fail. Yes, it was a success through Disney, I think, weirdly. But uh, yeah, the J. Ward cartoons, they're kind of lost to time. Even the Amazon Prime Rocky and Bullwinkle, pretty good. Hmm. You know what's not huh. bad? Uh, which, what isn't good, never was, but still has a ride at Universal Studios Florida. It truly does. Dudley Do-Right's Dudley Ripshaw, Do-Right. Fa- Rip- Ripshaw Falls. Rip- yeah. Damn, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Idle, Alfred Molina, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Brendan Fraser slum it in Dudley Do-Right, the movie. This summer, one movie has it all. Action, romance, sophisticated comedy. Brendan Fraser is Dudley Do-Right. Rated PG. This is awful. And thank, everybody should like send Diane a little tribute for finding a 15-second spot mm-hmm. so we don't have to hear more of this shit. Every, well, it was all too physical. Otherwise, you'd mm. just be listening to whoop. <laughs> for like no! an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and occasionally Alfred Molina would just be like, ha ha! Like, oh. Well, I do love when he does that. The Snidely Whiplash? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie's irredeemable. Alfred Molina it, like, can do no wrong with me. It's like, I, I will... I can accept him doing the dumbest things on earth because at least you can kind of tell he's having fun, maybe. Yes. Or he's just happy about his check. I don't know. Yeah. But he's always great. He has a good attitude about things. Adam Sandler seems happy with all his checks. He doesn't get this kind of grace. Uh, no. I, yeah, I don't have anything good to say about this. This was like, I don't know. I felt like this movie was made. I felt, this is one of those times when I felt like this is a parody of a movie that sh- we think might have existed. But no, it really did. <laughs> Uh, and it sucked, and it has no fans, except, prove me wrong, uh, 302010 people on LaserTimePodcast.com or our Facebook group or 302010podcast Twitter. Uh, but, I would skip that and uh, ride the ride at uh, Islands of Adventure. It's probably okay. It's a log flume ride. It's one of the few rides that has been, been in there steep. after, like, 1999. Yeah. Um, no. But now, I guarantee because this is so dumb and so, like, goofy and I'm sure there are people I remember watching this when I was six and it was my favorite movie and I watched it over and over and over and so I'm like that's fine that's fine when you're six jingling keys will make you pretty happy when you're six if you watch it now you will be not happy right well I mean that, not that's not necessarily happy. true and I love Jay Ward cartoons and I love Dudley Do-Right mm-hmm. and I no I refuse I'd, I'd say to Diane all the time I love Pete's Dragon but I can objectively say it's fucking terrible mm-hmm. it is one, it's one of the worst things I could sit and watch all the way through twice a year god they and, would show that all the time in school you're so lucky and Ugh. it something about that 
um, movie gives me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Like as it, a kid. It starts out with hobos chasing an orphan. Yeah. Just, it's really, <laughs> it's an unsettling movie yeah. to me. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good with some terrible music. Numbers. He oh, went that away. He went. Anyway, why am I talking about that? This is the movie I've actually seen people whose taste I do not trust really defend. Oh, uh, it's good to know. Yeah. Uh, we all have that one friend that's like, dude. I saw the best movie, yeah. and you're like, no one's talking you. about it. I will put it on the list <laughs> of mm-hmm. ones to never watch. Well, I mean, but I, I actually, you know, to be honest, after um, Assassins, I put most Antonio Banderas movies over there. Like, I don't mm. have any interest in anything this guy's going to do. Well, he's and great I'm, in Evita. I'm not always right. Mm. Well, yeah, like sometimes he surprises the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, but I still haven't found the the cojones to see this movie. Omar Sharif is that a, is that an actor? Mm-hmm. Uh, Vladimir Kulik. Uh, yeah. Um, Dennis Strohoy. The, the symbol for Boron is in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, Di- Diane Venora and Antonio Banderas in the 13th Warrior. You must know that 13 men have been chosen to destroy this Why evil. the Enigma music? Oh my say? God, I love it. The 13th man is you. Now, one man. Tell them I am no warrior. <laughs> Who has never known courage. <laughs> of that they are aware. Will join 12 warriors. I cannot lift this. Grow stronger. Who have never known fear. Let's go, little brother. I do not enjoy heights. And become something <laughs> he never dreamed possible. Prepare yourself. One of them. Even this doesn't play terrible to it me. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't. It's, it's like seems if, intriguing. Like if Don Knotts was in a movie, but all of a sudden became a but really handsomer. good warrior. Yeah. Handsomer than Don Knotts? I don't <laughs> I'm think sorry. so. I'm sorry. So, wow. So this movie has a hell of a story to it. It's kind of insane. Um, it's based on a Michael, Michael Crichton novel mm. called Eaters of the Dead, mm. which is a catchy title. <laughs> yeah. And it's about a uh, Middle Eastern guy who hooks up with a bunch of Vikings. <laughs> when? This already intrigues me. And then and then they go and they do fighting and stuff after these, they go after the bad Vikings. Um, it was incredibly expensive. It was $160 million. Shit. That's, oh my so that's, God. That's heading towards Titanic territory. It's it, over water uh, world lost, territory. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it lost $130 million-ish when you bring in uh, marketing costs and all that. So it's one of the biggest box office disasters of all time because it took forever to film. They kept going back. They kept reshooting and reshooting. And like at some point, Michael Crichton shows up and like he starts doing second unit stuff. It's supposed to be directed by John McTiernan who did Die Hard. Mm -hmm. And wait, just only a couple weeks ago, we had the the Thomas Crown Affair remake that he Mm -hmm. also did. So Mm -hmm. that's how long they were. Oh my God. He went off and made up a whole (laughs) other movie. Wow. It's okay. Like there's good stuff in it. I mean, it looks fucking expensive. All the sets and the costumes and the big vistas and stuff, like big ass Viking battles and shit. They, they, they're you see a lot of that money on screen, but a lot of the time it's just kind of boring. Oh, and man. it should not be boring when it's about like emissaries from the caliph meeting up with Vikings and they fight. <laughs> I, mm. That's a bummer. Like that, yeah. it seems like it has a lot of potential. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. It's the sort of thing. Like again, it's like, hey, why don't you try to remake it good this time? Mm. Hmm. You could go for that. 
I don't know. I, I mean, like Omar Sharif's not around anymore. And that was like his job for 20 years was to be like the wise old Egyptian guy who shows up and gives knowledge or whatever. I was just, I was just making sure that wasn't a political leader. Um, name uh, I'm going to assign you Dr. Shivago. Okay, so. I have not seen it. I All 18 hours it. of Dr. Shivago. You got to watch mm. that. All right. All right. Give me a little bit of marijuana. Goddamn Lawrence of goddamn Arabia. Come on, man. <laughs> I've seen that. Come on. I've seen that. There I'm not completely with that. David Lean's like my dad's favorite director. I watched Bridge of the River Kwai yeah. too often. But moving to television 1999, August 23rd to the 29th. Uh, this is a big one because we don't have a lot of shows that we can talk about that are still on, not only on the air, but are getting bumped up in a big way right as we mm-hmm. speak. I know I talk a little bit about wrestling here, but this is still mm-hmm. fascinating how this is cyclical. The mm-hmm. cycle of wrestling. People get tired of it. Then people are really excited about it because for some reason, I do think there's a purity to it. Yeah, We all know the TV shows we're watching are scripted. We all know wrestling scripted, but like it's happening in front of you live and that's kind of interesting. I mm-hmm. do always wish like, why don't we do other live things in front of us? You could do live theater or uh, comedy, like a sketch show should be live and tour town to town and have surprises and shit on it. Ah, That'd yes. be super fun. Ooh, yeah. Uh, but, but instead they, they occasionally do a live musical, but like only wrestling, it contains every single element of entertainment. And every once in a while people get sick of everything else. And like, let me go back to something pure and basic mm-hmm. wrestling. So like I'm saying that, right. Cause where we stand right now, there's a new wrestling company that started out and announced that they'll be having a show on Wednesday on TNT. And WWE just announced, well, we're going to have NXT. We're taking that off of our streaming network and putting it on USA to compete with you. That's hmm. what happens 20 years ago this week in, in the midst of all these announcements. That WCW is kind of kicking WWF's ass at the time. And they create another show, uh, a, a Wednesday show or a Thursday show called um called thunder so to compete with that wwf has almost no choice but to like create a show to compete with it Mm -hmm. so they don't lose audience altogether and so we get the rock show wwf smackdown which debuts on the upn network uh and Mm. draws 6.2 million viewers so i i know i've said before that like we our our town affiliate didn't have a upn we eventually got a channel that would change its format for the prime time of UPN, and I want to say that's because of Star Trek Voyager, I, but I know it's because of wrestling. No, it's definitely because of wrestling. It's especially yeah. at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. Because like it's literally ma- named after the Rock's catchphrase. Yeah, he, that he's gonna lay the smackdown, and I just can't believe it's kept that name ever since. And I think that's a record for UPN. And and where we stand right now, in like a month, SmackDown will leave USA and go back to Fox, and will now be on over the air American broadcasts seeing a lot more eyeballs for the first time uh, since I think 2005. Mm-hmm. But yeah, SmackDown debuts this week. I hope I used brevity there. Now you guys talk about the Parkers. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, on the I, I don't know if I understand when you say that they have a, another wrestling show. So it's got just other wrestlers on it. So it, it, it because sort- I know, cause I see as all the time for like SmackDown versus raw. And it's like, okay, raw is another show. Correct. Every once in a while they'll do what they call, and they're in one. Now they call it a brand split where only certain wrestlers appear on certain shows. So it'll be like this big fight when they get together. But um, most that, that happens and it corrodes because right. you need surprises. And then, People start appearing on the other show and it doesn't matter anymore. And they make a big deal of it happening again because it's wrestling and it's just regular storytelling that hasn't stopped ever. Not even for a week for <laughs> thousands of episodes. It's fucking nuts. But yeah, it debuts this week. Um, and the Parkers also debuts on the 26th. Yeah. Um, yep. 
Awesome. It's a spin-off spin of Moesha. So it's another mm-hmm. big night for uh, UPN. Another UPN show. Mm-hmm. Ran for five seasons. Uh, starring Countess Vaughn and Monique. Academy Award winner, Monique. I know. I, I, I flip around on my sling at like four in the morning and one of the channels is playing the Parkers in like mm-hmm. two hour blocks at like 3 a.m. So it's still got an audience apparently. And, uh, apparently the mm-hmm. conceit is that uh, Countess Vaughn plays Monique's daughter and mm-hmm. she is going to community college and Monique... Because she had Countess oh. Vaughn when she was very young, was not able to attend college, and so she goes with her, and wacky hijinks yeah. ensue. Right. I assume. I thought you meant Moesha's okay. daughter. That'd be weird. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> that's that's Brandy, once again, sticking it in the eye of Monica, who has no sitcom to speak of. No Teen <laughs> Choice Award. <laughs> uh, oh, man. We'll never let that beef die. Mm-mm, not this year. No. Uh, 1999 video games. Only one of note I could think of. Uh, Command & Conquer, Tiberian, Tiberian Sun. Uh, it's the first one published by EA after they acquired Westwood Studios, but they had nothing to do with its development. I don't know if you're like a PC gamer. EA, t- EA was a company that tended to acquire a bunch of other companies not like the way the IP is going and just kind of like cancel a series that would have floated a smaller company for years mm-hmm. and just like lose interest. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are with the Command and Conquer series. I think the, a mobile game that didn't wasn't received very well was the last thing this huge PC series in the, in the 90s um, was all about. But uh, yeah, that is out this week. You know what? Oh my God. I thought... Speaking of songs I never wanted to hear again. I hate <laughs> this song. I hate it so much. <laughs> Me too. Right, but I remember the video. I think they're sitting on they're sitting on the top of a roof in a flood or some shit like that at night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's that, got water. That would be filter. This is not the song about our Bud Dwyer. Um, which is which yes. I wish more politicians would take take a cue from. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, not on TV. Yeah, that, that that shit's hilarious. Don't hurt the children's. <laughs> uh, take a picture by Filter off of Tile of Record is out this week, so that's what we'll be closing out with. Take a picture, you know you've heard it. Uh, we'll be right back with 2009. Stay right there. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. That's how you end up crying to a Fleetwood Mac grandma <laughs> montage one in the morning. We've all and, been there. Uh, not me. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to, the club. Um, welcome to the club. That was weird. My buddy's like, I'm going to set you up with this girl. But i got to tell you right now, she's way too out of your fucking league. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he had been asking me, like, you ever seen Queer for the Straight Guy? I'm like, no, no, no. And, and like, why do you keep asking me that? And like, I want you to shave your neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to introduce you to my friend, I want you to see. Shave your I neck. mean, that's fair. I like someone bringing it up bluntly to me, but you yes. know, I tend to shave about once a week because my, of course, my reaction is like, "Fuck that!" No, no, not fuck that. No. I'm willing to change. It is good to have a friend who mm. will give you that feedback. I was just talking about that the other weekend. I, my best friend, mm-hmm. Darbs, 
She doesn't live near here anymore. She hasn't in a long time, but she's I still love her. She's my mean friend. Mm -hmm. She's my friend that'll tell me, like, you need to retire that outfit. (laughs) Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of august 23rd through 29th yep as always i find something i can recommend uh they made it easy for me this week because august 25th 1939 80 years ago this week saw the release of the wizard of oz which if you haven't seen it since you were a kid you really really should because it is just beautifully made and lovely to look at and fun and all the performances are really good and there's a reason that it's like still a favorite of so many people 80 freaking years later even though for like 50 years when they would show it on tv and she would go into the land of oz and it would turn to color you couldn't even tell because we had black and white tvs and it was unfair now you can watch it like on blu-ray and oh my god it's like so it's gorgeous anyway 75 years ago this week, brief news, August 24th, 1944, saw the liberation of Paris. Woo! Fuck off back home, Nazis. Yeah, I love how they just have an, you know, the Arc de Triomphe there, just so that anyone who rolls into town can take a picture there and be like, no, I, I conquered it, yeah. And then um, the other guys can roll up to me, no, we conquered it, yeah. I'm very happy that World War II will be winding down in Classic Corner. It's, there's been a lot of... And then my actual recommendation this week, besides, like, if you haven't seen Wizard of Oz, like, I don't, I don't even understand. But uh, the actual recommendation this week is kind of timely. Besides it's its 50th anniversary uh, from 1969, it's timely in that uh, I've been seeing a lot of video of, like, Antifa and Proud Boys, and they're fighting in Portland, and, you know, oh, look at the neck, I got a hammer, and whose hammer was it? And all this fighting, and all I can think of is the cinematography is not good enough. And that's because I've seen Medium Cool, directed by Haskell Wexler, with Robert Ferrister, which is largely, there's big sequence of it that were just filmed on the ground during the 68 Democratic Convention, so rioting and semi-rioting going on. They go in like a news crew, and they are filming a movie in the midst of all this. And besides that being a historical document, it's just, it's an interesting movie about media and television and politics and pressure and people and their personal stuff. And uh, yeah, I just besides that, yeah, they made me watch it in film school, so I guess it's important. But it's also just entertaining and interesting. So Medium Cool's my recommendation this week. Besides, again, Wizard of Oz. Come on, man. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. I look to you, I look to you, after all my strength is gone, in you I can be strong, I look to you. It's so good. Why is she still alive? When did she die? Whitney Houston, by the way. A couple years later. Yeah. Is this this her final album, maybe? Whitney Houston. Turns out, yeah, I Look to You, her final album. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Off of the album, same ago. name, I ten years ago. I've seen so mm. many drag queens cover this. <laughs> <laughs> or lip sync to this. Um, all right, but that's welcome to 2000, I guess, welcome to 2009, even though that was Whitney Houston. Uh, timeless, timeless. Other new releases from 2009. August 23rd to the 29th, we have uh, Ready for the Weekend by Calvin Harris. One Love by David Guetta. Uh, a, a, Ellipsy by uh, Imogene Heap. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Collective Souls Rabbit. Uh, Aim at Ignite by Fun. Uh, Your Songs by Harry Connick Jr. Big Dreams and High Hopes by Jack Ingram. Uh, Jets Shaka Rock by Lady Love. Lady Love by Latoya. Light by Manish Yahoo. The Outsiders by uh, Need to Breathe. The Time of Our Lives by Miley Cyrus. The first EP, Unconnected to Hannah Montana. Suck it, Disney. And Breakthrough by Colby. Kale-lapped. Calais. Calais. <laughs> Calais. <laughs> Never heard of her. Um, I got a feeling about Black Music. Um, <laughs> um, There's so much more music. I found now it's like, okay, August and September, all of the music comes out. It's a Every bunch. week is going to have a lot of music. Mm. And still the Black Eyed Peas are still here. Yeah. So it's like, why'd you even bother? The Black Eyed Peas still have a song on. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, little bit of news to bring you into 2009, August 23rd to the 29th. Uh, Los Angeles County Coroner has ruled Michael Jackson's death a homicide. Interesting. Yeah. That feels like a weird little bit of justice we didn't ask for, but just assume we would never get. Like the idea that, like, it wasn't all his fault. Uh, there's other people who are culpable here. Mm-hmm. And that man went to jail. Uh, and this is interesting. You think the internet uh, wasn't young 10 years ago. Jessica Beale has been declared the most dangerous celebrity on the web. Uh, security technology company McAfee, Inc., ignore what that means to you now, on Tuesday reported uh, that searches for the 27-year-old actress are more than likely to lead to online threats such as spyware and viruses than searches for any other celebrity. Hmm. So, yes. He said, uh, fans searching for the actress have a one in five chance of ending up at a website designed to damage one's computer. Wow. So, I, I, I tend to personally lament Google to this like today just because like I'll Google something and like I would like to see a list of features and interviews instead of Walmart and Amazon right. pages. But it's a little safer than what it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, whenever I go venturing off for emulators is the only time I can get that old feeling chasing down that Jessica Beale gif from uh, the Adam Sandler <laughs> movie. Shaking her butt around. Welcome to 2009, everyone. August 23rd to the 26th. Let's talk about some movies. No, my so God, many movies. movies. Uh, okay, there's a lot of movies, so we're going to run through a couple of these really mm-hmm. fast. Uh, I think A Prophet uh, mm-hmm. is a French film. It's one of the best-reviewed films of 2009. It's about a guy who goes into jail, and he becomes like semi-radicalized and becomes part of a drug gang. I feel like a dick, and I haven't seen it. Well, it's a French movie, so you say best-reviewed movie of the year, and I say Le Snore. Sacred blue. Zitelore. And also a movie, Adam? Adam? Adam. Fascinating. Yeah, Hugh Dancy and Rose Byrne. Uh, It is an indie romantic comedy where Hugh Dancy plays someone uh, with Asperger's syndrome, I Mm -hmm. guess. And so he Mm -hmm. has trouble picking up on social cues, but it's still a romantic comedy. Okay. We don't talk enough about how Hugh Dancy has a really funny name. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Bring it up next time you're at a cocktail party. Play the game. Wait, wait, what? What is this? Andy Griffith? Is he in a movie? It is. It's Andy Griffith's last film. He wow. plays this guy's grandpa, and uh, the guy teaches his grandpa how to like get out there and date again. Oh. I don't know spit about tindering. 
Am I supposed to swap left or right if I like him? I'm always oh, excited to bring up. I don't up, understand. Always excited to bring up Andy Griffith just to tell people once again to watch Face in the Crowd. The movie, the movie TCM Fuck decided yes. weirdly to play all of a sudden on Election Day. Anyway, um. oh, I'm sure there was no, <laughs> no secret reason. message there uh, at all about a a con man and huckster who somehow gets really close to high political office by exploiting the medium. <laughs> and I. Mm-hmm. No. And we also have the open road. Jeff Bridges making another decade. Come on, Pam yep. Greer. More, more Jeff Bridges. <gasps> oh shoot, I should have looked specifically if we can get Pam Greer anywhere. But uh, the open road, like okay, reviewed, barely released, amazing cast. I don't know why I hadn't heard of this before. Justin Timberlake plays a minor league baseball player whose dad, Jeff Bridges, was a baseball player, and then they got to go see his mom, Mary Steenburgen, because like she's going to have surgery. And then Jeff Bridges' dad is Harry Dean Stanton. That's three generations of rad. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I guess yeah. everyone like learns to deal with their feelings and get over their problems, but it's, it's sold very light. Like it's a comedy too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, this seems like you guys put a lot of effort into a movie that didn't get released. And, but then the reviews are pretty good. Like it's heartwarming. It's fine. It's nothing special, but, Boom. I just want to see those three actors in one spot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I kind of, I can't with Justin Timberlake. Like, really? Mm. I could, I could uh, with Justin Timberlake. Is he good? But is he, it, I, I think. I don't think he is. You, He's fine. I, I mean, oh, how about this? I've seen him in. He's great on SNL. Just like SNL. Yeah, like mm. SNL clearly mm. has a sense of humor. But everything I've seen is not, it's like, oh, he's fine. Okay. All right. And a movie this movie is another, a movie I feel bad for watching for a ton of reasons. Um, Wait, what? Mystery Team. You feel bad for watching? For not watching, sorry. Oh, for not okay. having seen it yet. I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, I was going to let you take this. Another movie that was barely released, and it's like, uh, but why? And I want to watch this. It's got great. Donald Glover, DC Pearson, Dominic Dierkson. Uh, two of those people, I'll let you guess which two, were guests on a Laser Time episode. Sort of, but not. we didn't talk about the movie much, but it bums me out because these are the guys behind Derek. Yes. And Derek was... Mm-hmm an internet sketch comedy group who I thought were fucking hilarious mm-hmm. and would all go on to great things. But like, I thought they were going to pioneer the way of how you make money on YouTube. And they, I, I talk about that on the episode and they're sort of like, let it go, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought they were, I thought they were amazing. So the only thing that this sort of Mars is mystery team was sort of the last thing they ever did together before they all went their separate ways and mm-hmm. wrote on different things. Please listen mm-hmm. to Dominic Dierks talk about writing for the video game awards. Cause it's one of the funniest oh, things. Anecdotes so I have not heard on any other program, and we have it on Laser Time. Uh, also wrote some great episodes <laughs> so, of Ash vs. Evil I Dead. think about that. I think about that all the time whenever I hear a bumper that's like, uh, "Stay tuned, coming up next on like the Video Music Awards." Blah blah blah. blah. Where it's like, because he said it's like he had to be like edgy for like Spike and stuff, so it's like he just sounds like a bully. Like, hey, dumbass! <laughs> don't turn that dial, or I'll kick your ass. Yeah, bitch. And uh, but like uh, the. <laughs> The thumbnail image on all of Derek's YouTube sketches is Mystery Team. Right. Because that's the last time anybody ever touched it. Yeah. Which is tragic. So it's been like 10 years. It's really funny. The Mystery Team? Yes. It's great. I I watched it the other day. It's basically the three of them play kid detectives, but they're They're 18. (laughs) They like are just graduating from high school, but they still act like kid detectives and they're pretty dumb and they are trying to solve mysteries. Like who put their 
you know, who put the finger in Miss Blah Blah's boysenberry pie is like one of the mysteries that they solve. And then and they have like a homemade sign in a clubhouse and everything. But then they are approached by a little girl who wants them to solve the mystery of her parents' murder, <laughs> double homicide. <laughs> and so they take the case oh and it, they go on some misadventures in Aubrey Plaza plays um, one of the daughters of the murdered couple and Bobby Moynihan is so good in it too and it's just it's Ellie Kemper in it Ellie Kemper's in it it's, they, they oh. sort of launched her if you've never seen her blowjob sketch it's fucking great yeah uh, what are you doing I'm drying off my tongue to give you the best blowjob <laughs> I'm gonna bite down a lot because I'm gonna is that how you like it no <laughs> yeah. seriously I think she went from like this to the office like yeah. right away pretty much mm. yeah I mean it's it's really funny I fell asleep before the ending, but Sam finished it, and he said it was really, really funny. He was very skeptical at first because he doesn't trust me. But then I was like, trust me, you'll love it. And, it, yeah, a lot of good laughs. Well, uh, here's Okay, a- so this is streaming somewhere then? So uh, I can yes. be like less of a jerk and catch up on it? Voodoo. Voodoo. Oh, okay. uh, Yep, that's how we watched it. So you got to pay for it, nerds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Voodoo is... Is not you don't have to pay for it. Oh, they have that's free the one that's now? owned by that's Walmart, Walmart mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you just have, I mean you'll get like three commercials while you're watching it. Mm, okay, good, good that's deal. On the movies we have seen, and I'm I'm saying uh, we meaning because I've seen very few of them, mm. uh, but I've seen this one: uh, Kevin Corrigan mm-hmm. and Patton Oswalt in Big Fan. My boy Paul in Staten Island, he always brings the leverage. Hey, sports dog. I can't tell you how sick I am of all these bozos. Quantrell Bishop was in your face all day long getting a receipt. Do you mind? Yes, I do. Go to bed, Mom. Right there. Quantrell Bishop! God, I wish I brought a Sharpie. What's he gonna sign? Who cares? Let's go. Really wanted to just meet you, Mr. Bishop. We came all the way from Staten Island. You falling off the slope? No, no, we we just want to talk, man. How long have I been here? Three days. What was the score? How do you get a concussion when you got no brains? Okay. Oh, man, this movie. I just love how easy it, being a huge fan of Patton Oswalt, especially Mm -hmm. at this point, how easy it was for him to transition to a sports fan. Because they're the biggest nerds in the world. Yes. They're awful. (laughs) Excruciating. I want to pants every one of them. Yeah. They all need noogies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you describe this? this uh, Big Fan is about um, religious fanaticism. Mm-hmm. But it's actually about sports. <laughs> um, it's about uh, Patton Oswalt plays uh, a schlubby loser because mm-hmm. he's the best at it. He's so good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a schlubby loser who like calls into sports radio shows and all he cares about is fucking sports. And he sees his favorite player and stalks him, follows him, and pisses him off. And then the player kicks his ass. And now he's in the position of deciding, like, well, if I get justice then the players off the team and then the giants won't do as well which is more important to me the giants doing well or like suing this guy and getting money because he kicked the living shit out of me mm-hmm. can't it be both and he's leaning into the bad call <laughs> the very bad call and it's really really good in the just just the depiction of someone who's like his, yeah, he's like a stereotypical loser. He's got like a dead end job and his uh, harpy mom that he lives with and his uh, siblings are all doing better than him and giving him shit. But it's like 
but he's happy that way, or at mm-hmm. least it's he's comfortable that way, and you understand why he wouldn't want to change. Which yeah. is something I, like a lot of movies about losers don't seem to get. Right. Well, that's it's like it, no, he's very comfortable this way. Mm-hmm. That's how he wants it. I thought I was I because when I saw it in the theater, I thought it was going king of comedy for football. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like that's that's the vibes yeah. it gave me, I, like a real Rupert Pupkin character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, he's calling into the sports radio shows, but he's like writing down what he wants to say and practicing it first. Yes. Yeah. Mom. And it's like one in the morning. Yeah. Like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> and he, like, they show him and his best friend going to mm-hmm. the football games, but not actually getting in the stadium. They are um, tailgating with fans and then watching it on a TV, like outside the stadium and having the time of their lives. Nobody plays a better loser yeah. friend than Kevin Corgan. <laughs> so good at it. Yeah. So good at it. What else? He looks a I, lot like me. I was trying to remember what else I've seen him in besides Pineapple Express. Uh, the Depart- Departed. Oh, The Departed. Yeah. Okay. The dipshit cousin, and he was on that sitcom forever. Uh, I forget what it's called with Donald Logue. Uh, <laughs> Donald yeah, Logue? it was like five seasons. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it was on after grounded like, for life or something, something like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Whenever he pops up, I'm like, hey, that guy. Yep. Yeah. Big fan is great, and it really, I think, yeah, it brings it really up a good. lot of interesting questions that sports fans who are who feel Uh-oh. some sense of responsibility about things really grapple mm. with when you really, really love a team and someone on that team, a star player, does something bad or is just shows themselves to not be a good person. What do you do with that? How do you, how are you supposed to feel about sports that? Sports, not Republicans, right? Yeah, that's what you're talking about. Sure. Okay, sports. Sure. Sports. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's hard for people who are big sports fans and mm-hmm. who really love a team. I mean, as an FSU fan and a diehard one, since going to games since I was born, I've really backed off a lot on my um, fandom just because I've I don't know I've grown up a little bit and changed and care about different things now but you know we've had players on the team who have done some not cool stuff and the guy who stole the shrimp yeah they're crab legs first <laughs> of all so who's gonna steal shrimp i mean come such on. a local fucking dilemma yeah i was like i heard ripples of it in california it was, oh, it was yeah. oh, such a scandal yeah and you know he's also accused of potentially sexual That's assault the same guy Yes. Right. Oh, jeez. And, you know, nothing was proven, and the charges were dropped, and he went on to continue to play and now plays for the pros. But now it's like more Kansas stories. City are, pros. <laughs> more stories are coming out that are like, yeah, I don't know that he's a great guy necessarily. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you care about a team and you want them to do well, not just like for you, but it's like it becomes, it's a regional pride thing. Like so it much is. of this movie is him being pissed off at Philadelphia Phil who keeps calling up and trolling about the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And where it's like, do you want to win or do you want to like be the best? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I don't want to win. Like we could go get some like prison convicts and put him on the team, but I don't want that to happen. I know. Mm-hmm. I no, do you want to be known as like the team full of rapists? No, 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 no. it's not worth it. I've seen that Amy Schumer sketch too much. I drink a giant glass of wine and have no rape written on my blackboard behind me. <laughs> yeah, that's what the yeah. team needs. And this yeah, season. it's interesting that, that you mentioned uh, King of Comedy because towards the end, I was like, oh dear God, is this going Taxi Driver? Mm. Oh no, no, right. no, 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 no. Yeah, I think the ending is really perfect. Mm. The w- ending is great. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a certain amount of menace of like, oh, sweet Jesus, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot Please of dread. Please don't go down that road. Please, I see you looking at that road. Don't don't go down that road. 
Yep. And on to, uh, this is a documentary. Do I have to call it that? I don't think it yeah. is. Sort um, of. Michael Sarah and Charlene Yee in Paper Hearts. We're making a documentary about Charlene and love. Your love glass is half full. So we're going to go on the road. We're going to talk to people, hear their stories. You guys like driving around to Winnebago. It's like road rules or something like that. <laughs> now, love is not here. It's going on right up here. What's a perfect date? Take somebody to Applebee's and get them hot wings. Just fucking starving, kid. Shut up. God. Oh, I guess I was thinking of a different movie. Yeah, obviously this is a documentary. Well, mm-hmm. it's also fake. Sort of. It's, okay, I'm but confused. I, like, it, well, is, is this the one about Charlene Lee and Michael Cera being in love even though they've never dated? And yeah. The, but they play themselves and mm-hmm. they're shooting a documentary. So the people in it are real, mm-hmm. kind of boratty, but like mm-hmm. not as interesting. But... I remember not. I just I never finished this at the time, and then mm. I found out later. Like, oh no, that was real. All right, whatever. Who cares? Mm. Um, paper heart, ladies and gentlemen. I was a little tweed out at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I admit I just couldn't get around to this because yeah, it was sort of like this <clears> might be a little bit too twee for me. But again, you know, some people really like it, and some people were just like, ugh. And I know I have I have a lot of reasons and caveats for not watching things, um, like I do for the next film. Mm-hmm. But that's because the first film was terrible and offensive. Uh, Rob yep. Zombie's Halloween is one of the worst remakes I've ever seen in my entire life. Hmm. It's it, from I'm a filmmaker. So disappointed. From a filmmaker, I think is great. Genuinely, I love House of a Thousand Corpses and uh, mm. what's the other one? The <laughs> sequel that I can't remember the name of. Uh, I don't. I didn't get around to seeing Halloween Two. Rob Zombie trying to fix what he had done with Halloween One, uh, which he had mm. to do on a much smaller budget because. Uh, this ultimately would be the last because the glimmer was off the rose. I don't think people wanted to see this shit anymore. So, uh, Taylor Mayne, Malcolm Adele, Scout Taylor Compton, Danielle Harris, Brad Dorf, Margo Kidder, Halloween 2. You've witnessed the birth of evil. Are you a giant? Now, the secret behind his madness finally be revealed. Only the river of blood can bring us together again. We'll go have some fun. On August 28th, evil is here. Walking amongst us. Michael is more evolved. I don't even care for the remix of the song. Mm. And I, I don't know if this is fair to say anymore. I just, I think it's cute that as of next year, as of this recording... This will be the second Halloween 2 that will be redacted for another Halloween 2. <laughs> we'll be on our third Halloween 2. And, uh, uh. But, but it's, if you can think of horror movies like superhero movies, what the fuck does redacted even mean? Mm. But but yes, even though, no. That it's doesn't... a multiverse. Just it's that one's Earth 2, 8, 3, it and is, we're on except Earth 6, 1, 6, The know? new Halloween is a direct sequel to the original Halloween and has the same title. This is getting strange. Uh, this is yeah. getting strange. But... <laughs> We just had the third movie called Shaft, and each yep. one is a sequel to the last one. Yep. <laughs> so confused. And you can't even go by, well, the one with Sam Jackson, two of them have Sam no! Jackson with Richard Browntree. They all have Richard Browntree. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't get around to see. this. This is, I don't know. The first Halloween yeah. I thought was so, so, and I even tried, I, I watched that again for this show and was just found myself very, very mad. The first Halloween by Rob, wait, is it called, wait a minute, hold mm-hmm. on. Is it called, quote, the first Halloween? No. End quote? Okay. So no. Halloween. 07. 07 by Rob Zombie. Yeah. Okay. That's what right. you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Not Halloween. 18 by Dan, written by Danny McBride, uh, but, which is really good. And you should see it. That's the one that came out last year. Yes. Okay. Uh, but but in not the John Carpenter original, but like it's also like a semi remake of Halloween two. And I remember reading like ah oh, great, it ends with Laurie Strode being the new Michael Myers. Good. Who cares? Uh-huh. And it turns out audiences didn't. It was kind of a legitimate bomb. And I just I don't think I've seen Rob Zombie make a studio movie again and uh halloween went in a different direction uh all for the better because the new one uh, the 2018 one is really good mm-hmm. uh, that's what i heard it's it's really really good turn laurie strode into sarah connor that's that Ooh. was the key and uh this is one the next movie i thought was one of the weirdest turns for a director and i never bothered yes. to see this because this yes, is it is Ang Lee? Is that is that who we're dealing with here? Ang motherfucking Lee. Ang Lee. Yeah, little, little crouching tigers and hidden dragons and Brokeback Mountain. I thought Brokeback Mountain was sort of a departure. You know, he's a guy who does sort of like big, big vistas of big effect stuff, Life of Pi, big effect stuff. And here he's making uh, a movie about a, a schlubby guy who lives in a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's about got a, a shitty motel and he's kind of depressed. And about like. A music festival, by the way, that I thought could only matter to you if you were American, because yeah. it's it's seemingly unremarkable unless you give a fuck about only American music, which only Americans do. Mm-hmm. Jeverdeen Morgan, Liev Shriver, Emil Hirsch, Eugene Levy, Paul Dano, uh, Jonathan Groff, and a, the one and only starring role from Dimitri, Dimitri Martin taking Woodstock. On August 28th... You know what those hippies are going to do to our town? Ang Lee will take you back. Can you believe it? I saw them charge a dollar for water. To a small town with some big characters. Ah! We made brownies. Very special brownies. Wonderful, isn't it? And an era... Take cover, man. Someone's got to go back and call an air support. ...that a lot of people... Gave them the brownies? ...can't quite remember. Dimitri Martin, Eugene Levy, Emile Hirsch, Liev Schreiber, Taking Woodstock, Rated R, starts... (laughs) What is Leo Shriver doing? Uh, I don't know. He's a blonde wig. He's a, he's a woman. Oh, mm-hmm. he's a trans woman. I gotcha. And um, I feel like Dimitri he, Martin's so lucky. Yeah. He had a he had a hot show for like a minute and a half and a seventies haircut. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie came out. Yeah, <laughs> this movie it was, was a being perfect cast. storm. So Angley is like, that's my guy. That's my guy, Dimitri Martin. It's actually it's a pretty cute movie. Um, know. and it takes you a long time to figure out why Angley might have wanted to make this because it's about a guy who lives in upstate New York who runs. You know, a, a failing motel with his parents who are terrible. And this, like, hippie guy comes down on a motorcycle and is like, hey, man, we're going to put up, like, this great music festival. And he's, like, on the town council or whatever. He's like, well, that sounds pleasant. Okay. And, Groovy, man. you know, then <laughs> yeah, well, everyone's just sort of like, oh, okay, I guess. Well, we could use that business. I don't know why they're in Minnesota yeah. now. Just because they're small town. Oh, that sounds incredibly <laughs> heavy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, is Santana going to be there? Oh, gosh. I do like their grooves. Um, yeah. And so then, like, Woodstock happens. So all these hippies start showing up and, like, everyone starts, like, doing pop brownies and hanging out and stuff. And then where it kicks into gear is it's an 
the, the effects start kicking in a year when it's an on the ground like you're at Woodstock. So there's a lot of sometimes really good effects, sometimes not so great effects of just like the New York Thruway is closed, man. And people just start like trying to walk over them. Like you can hear music coming across the water, across the lake, the distance. And like you can tell there's a lot of people, but you can't see them and stuff. Stuff like that is really cool. Also, Eugene Levy is like the best casting ever. Because, mm. yeah, he plays... um why am I blanking on his name? Oh my god! It's a real person. Yasker. He plays Max Yasker. Yeah, he plays Max Yasker, the guy who owned the farm. Mm. Where it's ah. just like, oh, the kids seem to be coming and having a nice time. I guess I'll move the cows. You know, <laughs> I'm just happy that you guys are having a nice time, everybody. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun that it's it's right at the the 40th anniversary of Woodstock. Talked about the 50th on uh, Classic Corner and stuff. So I guess like if you're in a Woodstocky mood, no, yeah, like it's not great, <laughs> but it's fun. It's a good time. Damn it. Yeah. No, it's I'm, an odd little movie. Oh, I forgot this is when all the fucking Halloween movies come out. Cause I, this is another movie I haven't seen, having seen the first three, day one in the theater. This is the the last film, another confusing title. No. Mm-hmm. No? No, it's the it's the second to last film. It's the fourth film oh. in a five-film series. It's the penalty. It was supposed to be the last one. I think so. Did they make a 3D one after that? Is that what happened? This uh, is the 3D one. Okay. Oh, boy. This is the fourth Final Destination Called the final right. destination. <laughs> oh the my final God. destination. Bobby Campo, Nick Hanna, Krista Allen, the final destination. Keep having these visions. Just because you know it's happening. There's no clues as to how we're all gonna die. Doesn't mean you'll see it coming. Did it crash? Have you lost your mind? On August 28th. I've got my eye on you. Prepare for the 3D thrill ride. Everyone's dying to see. The final destination. I was meant to see this movie. Rated R. Take the trip in 3D, 2D, and Oh, they got Inglorious Bastards at the end. Right. And I don't know. Like, mm. you, know, you know how awesome that scene is in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt is killed? Yes. That's to me like that's all Final Destination is. Yeah. It's like an invisible yeah. Freddy Krueger. Every time you defy death, um, death seeks its revenge in a more horrific way. And they, these came out so fast and furiously. Speaking of mm. terrible titles and sequeling, mm-hmm. uh, I just totally lost track. I mean, I was really into the first two, mm. um, and as far as you could be, even though they're sure. incredibly stupid. I would love to hear someone come to the defense of the Final Destination series, something worth revisiting, because I've never, none of my horror friends ever talk about this mm-hmm. series. But uh, it was definitely yeah. something I was excited by for a while. For a while. But it's number one at the box office, so someone, other people were excited too. Sure. It's no purge. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be the worst one, but it's also the highest grossing one. Weird. Well, people yeah. love to see things flying at them in 3D. Well, the, like horror marketing mm. is is one of the only things that like markets it like this is the last one, and like they they really right. wear that on their sleeves unless yeah. it's successful and they will make more. But like, why? It happens all the time. It happens all the time. I know, <laughs> but nobody's going to believe them. <sighs> well, you always want to believe them, especially if you had a good ride. Like, why not uh, see it through to the end? It's why yeah. I watched the last season of Lost, even though my eyes were ro- mean, like rolling so hard in my head, I was just pure white, like sure. visible. <laughs> yep. Uh, like, I, see I, it through I did to the, the end. Same thing with Lost. But uh, it doesn't get any better here in thirty twenty ten for uh, people our age because. <laughs> 2009 <laughs> television. I feel like I should just apologize to any younger listeners anyway. If you think any of us have the capability to address the Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> we're too old. I think you go on an FBI watch list if we were to rent it legally. Sure. We're not doing this. Yeah. Like, but this movie is officially 10 years old, so all of you 12-year-olds can feel very, very... Feel this, this sting of time. It was supposed to be the family trip they'd always remember. See paradise. Paradise. But one accidental spell. I wish you and Dad had never even met. Take them. What did she just do? On their biggest. She's a very bad thing. Adventure. Mom and Dad don't know each other, and they don't know us. What's your plan? Find the Stone of Dreams. Can do anything. Can reverse any spell. Not a lot of time. Well, I love how this is like not stakes for a movie. Mom and dad don't remember one another. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, I just never saw this show. I, I know Andy, nope. Andy Kindler was involved, therefore I don't want to nuke it all mm. because I love that man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Where's, where's the way? But at least it, I'm seeing the trailer for the first time. It looks like a movie instead of a sitcom, which I believe is what. Wizards of Waverly yeah. Place was. Yeah. On Disney? Yes. And it gave us one of those baby voice singers? Uh, probably. I think that main mm-hmm. girl is a yep. Who's baby that? voice singer. Ariana Lovato? No. <laughs> Demi Lovato. No, <laughs> it's not Demi Lovato. It's the other one. Ah. The one who dated Justin Bieber for a time, uh, I think. Okay, Miley Hudgens. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. <laughs> That's the one. Are you sure? Nope. No, not. Nope. <laughs> not even close. Maybe sure that's not even not. a person. I could have just made that up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering you if any listeners would care. You're world. Yeah. I wonder. I'd like to think if you're listening to this, you all have taste. And uh, look, we talked. We don't know that it's bad. Look. We just said we don't know what it is. We know that this is bad. <laughs> we. Know. I'm just saying. It would have a better resolution trailer on YouTube if it was any good at all, and it doesn't. It was forgettable garbage that meant people to not cancel their premium Disney subscription. That was a thing. Yeah. This is a bizarre... I don't say I ne- just pulled it because it's hilarious. The concept to me is hilarious. Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, the, 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 next the one. name of the show is... is I, 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 this is insane. This so, is this a real show? Yes. Yep. So for 14 yep. episodes, there was a show on the Food Network called What Would Brian Boitano Make? And it is a cooking show <laughs> where it's just Brian Boitano... <laughs> Making up recipes, it's shot at his home, and he has his friends over, and he just cooks up his own recipes and and then feeds them to his friends. And they use the song, What Would Brian Boitano Do, as the theme song for the show. This is like the third song with the Trey Parker sung song? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they they took a South Park joke, and they turned it into... A show. I think, yes. that, cooking I, I think that joke might predate South Park. It might come from somewhere outside of South Park, if I'm I not mistaken. I think it does. I think it might is it might be in the spirit of Christmas. Uh, something like sure that, yeah. Before it was yeah. even a show. Yeah, Brian skate. Hmm. <laughs> I think he'd kick an ass or two. That's what Brian Bartano do. Hmm. Um, yeah, but now he's cooking. And all I can imagine, this show probably hit its 14th episode. And just Guy Fieri rolled up in a convertible yep. and transitioned to show no. off the air forever. Yep. Yes. It's time to eat terrible. Throwing the sh- <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I don't know, though. I kind of love Guy Fieri I have and Trip D. Triple D. The show. Triple D? Diners driving oh, sometimes. Oh, okay. Sorry. My we bad. call it Trip D around my house. No, trip- just to, right. you know, I mean, save I'm, time. I'm cool. And- I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got it. Uh, but this is a big, big week for video games. And I got to rattle these off. Uh, August 23rd through the 29th, uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. 
That's huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. Massive. Huge. Uh, Harvest Moon, a magic melody is on Wii. Dissidia Final Fantasy. Ever played a Final Fantasy game? Ever wanted mm-hmm. to take one of those characters with another Final Fantasy game? And then, because Final Fantasy games all have different characters, this is a fighting game with mm. all of those characters. So if you've ever yeah. wanted Titus to beat up Cloud and Aerith, hooray. You have you, cutscenes galore. Mwah! Lots of awkward silences. Uh, uh, even more interestingly for me, Metroid Prime Trilogy. Uh, the last yeah. great console Metroid games collected all in one place. The only time the Wii's control scheme kind of worked for a shooter is when Nintendo worked their ass off to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I think I remember, Di- remember Diana's husband sending me a text that the Circuit City is going out of business, and I believe in all caps, we must pick their bones. <laughs> and he, and he, he went and bought like... I think 10 sealed copies of Metroid Prime Trilogy, a super discounted, which is mm. like crazy rare now because it's never been re-released because mm. it's Nintendo for fuck's sake. And the, but that's not even the biggest game this week. Mm. That would be, it, it, it attains a record, but like it, it's how long ago in the past we were, I remember previewing this game. This is the only Batman game published by Eidos Interactive which would then be purchased really? by Square, the Final Fantasy people, later that year, and Warner Brothers would start its own division, but Batman Arkham Asylum premieres. And I think... Woo! Even you're a fan, dime. Oh, I'm definitely a fan. If I were better at video games, I would totally be playing this, but uh, I suck at playing video games, and all the bad guys beat me up, so this is this is... There's a level of game that I know this game is amazing because mm-hmm. I could just sit and watch other people play it. Normally, I'm not someone who would like watch a Let's Play video or something, but it's like, oh, walk into the room. Hey, hon, you want to get dinner soon? Okay, what you doing? And I just start watching like I'm watching a freaking movie. Right, and I think that's part of of what's great about this series is that it cherry picks from everything that's great about Batman. Did you love the Batman, the animated series, series from the 90s? Those are the voices. My personal Batman and Joker are Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill from that Mm -hmm. series. And they they lead in this ultra dark dramatic thing based on a real Batman comic book, but it's not really based totally on the comic book with the voices of the cartoon, with the designs, uh, like new designs. Uh, it gets to cherry pick. It's the first thing I've seen do that. That just cherry picks everything. It's good from other parts of the Batman world and assembles them into yeah, one beautiful exactly. game. It's a best of, it's a Batman it best of. And, and, and I hadn't thought of that. And in terms of, a. Uh, uh, Arkham City became like, it's open world now and you can fly wherever you want. Like, that's cool. And I do like that. And that's great. But like Batman at its at his core is a fucking great detective. And this is just you're in one location and you have all these bat gadgets and it's really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I, Diane, I even think you like there's not a lot. Of, the combat is great and really easy to understand. Mm-hmm. And you're mostly just punching yep. inmates. But uh, but yep. mostly it's just like weird puzzles, odd scarecrow fuck with your head kind of things inside of Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum. Uh, it, it, there's some, I know with games it's hard to go back, but I really do think there's some kind of perfection that was achieved in Arkham Asylum that you won't get as the open worlds get bigger and you drive a Batmobile around. Like, no, 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 you're Batman, you're detective, you're in Arkham Asylum, the Joker's causing some problems. And there's not a lot of baddies around to take, there's, there's not every one of his villains is involved here. Just Batman and the Joker, you might see some other people, but relax. It's perfect, and it's been remastered. You can get an Xbox Game Pass for nothing, or however well, however much that costs, but it's included. Uh, I, I encourage anybody out there to pick up Batman: Arkham Asylum, and even this week attains a Guinness World Record, which I can, 
I really want to shake the hand of somebody at Warner Brothers Marketing Department, the most critically acclaimed <laughs> superhero game ever. Superhero games are mostly terrible and yeah. were up until this yeah. one. And no one had any expectation for a superhero game to be good until this was good. And it wasn't just good. It was great. It was fantastic. And it's still worth playing 10 years later. Arkham Asylum, people. Don't sleep on it. Uh, that has been the show. Please stay tuned for our, our birth and death quizzes. That has to happen. Uh, but I got to tell you, this show is brought to you by many fine people at patreon.com slash laser time, where the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support the entire laser time network, which includes bonus time, the show that patrons get exclusively at the $5 level, including can uh, help pick certain things about the show, uh, get shout outs, all that stuff. We're always trying to improve that stuff. Uh, it helps video game apocalypse 30, 2010 and laser time, uh, a show that recently, looked at where certain video game songs ripped off uh, their source material from. And that was pretty a pretty mm. neat episode. And Diana, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. Or follow the show at 302010podcast as we, eh, things, we get, we get some oddballs and things slow down a little bit here and there, but we got some big movies coming totally. up still. And you know what? I think I'm going to oh drop it. Drop the t- I would like to open up the comment show again. We, we're trying to stick to the Patreon. I'm just going to lower the tier where that happens to see if people still want to make that a possibility. So check on our Patreon uh, this week and see if it's worth maybe uh, tossing a couple bones to. Again, it's kind of cheap relative to... It's like a... It's like a half of a new streaming service. Sure. <laughs> oh, surely, we, <laughs> yes. surely we justify that kind of money. But if you love us enough, we would appreciate it. We'll like it more than Disney. We'll, we might personally thank you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and uh, Diana, who, who? how do we do this? Where are we now? Births? Deaths? Deaths. Uh, let's do deaths first. Death. Uh, yeah. Who who died this week? Oh, it was a rough 2009. Uh, we lost DJ AM. He was only 36. Fuck you, drug addiction. Mm. Uh, we lost Ted Kennedy, the lion of the Senate. He was 77. Fuck you, lifelong alcoholism. R-I-R-P. And- <laughs> yep interesting <laughs> guy besides the whole like oh he kind of killed someone thing mm-hmm. interesting guy yeah sounds like the world's most functioning alcoholic like i mm-hmm. i have friends of friends who were like interns in the senate and they were like holy shit you leave him with the bottle and you just you never see him drink but that level goes down and down and down and down and down and you're like holy shit what's he doing <laughs> but you know old old school liberal so that's cool and uh dominic dunn who's uh was 83 and he did some fine ass crime writing. Yeah. Bizarre life. Really bizarre life. Like early TV producing and shit hmm. and mm-hmm. film producing and knowing everybody. And then he actually found his real niche, which was writing. And, uh, well, I mean, and, and you, you always see him in the background, all the OJ Simpson footage at the courtroom. You can always spot him. I don't know who he, he is. He got into it because of his daughter was murdered. Um, yeah. And that's, really? you know, kind of spurred him into doing more. Crime reporting, especially in and around Hollywood. Hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, he... yeah. His daughter's uh, Dominique Dunn, who's mm-hmm. in Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. I remember this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. And he wrote for there a very long time. He had a really, really great column in Vanity Fair that I used to read mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And he's written a bunch, uh, several books, and uh, like true crime books, and and maybe a couple novels too. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Maybe? I'm not sure. But with that, shall we do birthday quiz? Birthday quiz! Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong, doodly-doodly, ding-dong-doo. Oh, birthday quiz! So, the other week we had birthday buddies with uh, Christian Slater and Edward Norton turning 50. We have two more birthday buddies turning 50. Ooh. Ooh. 
All right, so both born August 28, 1969. Happy 50th birthday to, let's start with this guy born in Vancouver. His first regular role was on the 1989 show Sister Kate with Kate Mulgrew that we've talked about. Um, it's followed by Teen Angel, not the 90s one, but the one that was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Jason Priestley? It is Jason Priestley. Fuck, Holy fuck, shit. Fuck. I remember watching that Teen Angel. Me too. Both of them, I think. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, my God. Hmm. Wow. I didn't even get into the fun meta stuff about finding out. Wait, the new Beverly Hills 90210 yeah. is about the actors dealing with a reboot of the old 90210? Yeah. So it's it's like, created by Kelly and Tori. They're not playing the characters, they're playing themselves. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm so confused mm. now. And they all write and direct the show and shit. It's weird. I wish they yeah. would instead go the River, Riverdale route and just do a really dark, gritty yeah. 90210. <laughs> that that wouldn't worried. get Jason Priestley directing money. I actually so. probably could. Yeah, probably uh, would. He's yeah. directed a bunch of stuff. He, mm. He's directed all kinds of different shows, actually. That's like his second job, besides indie racing. You're right. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. You are not just a pair of sideburns, Mr. But he had yeah. a brother, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he does. Or he has a sister. Sorry, a birthday brother. Oh, but he's got a birthday, Val. Uh, also born August 28, 1969, this time in Santa Monica, California. He's the son of two satellite engineers. Uh, he attended UCLA but dropped out, but that's where he met Tim Robbins, who cast him in stuff. John Cusack. No, good guess, though. But we've covered a ton of shit he's in. I didn't realize how many times he's come up on this show. Uh, some of these are, are cameos, but let's go for it. Uh, Cable Guy, The Fan, Jack The Jackal. Black. Jack Black. <laughs> that is true. Nice. First movie's Bob Roberts, a fantastic forgotten film. That's, Absolutely. Uh, not facing the crowd important, but man, it's... In, in a similar vein. It resonates a little yeah. more now. Yep. Can I run through the rest of these? I yeah, did not realize how many movies Jack Black has shown up on on this show. Cable Guy fan, The Jackal, I still know you. what you did last summer, Enemy of the State, The Love Letter, Margot at the Wedding, Biodome, Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story, Mars Attacks, Be Kind Rewind, The Holiday, Kung Fu Panda, and You're One. That's right. Wow. <sighs> I believe Tenacious D is in Biodome. Yes, wow. they are. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, that about wraps up our show, everyone. You can check out more laserdenpodcast.com uh, or uh, the Facebook page. Uh, just search Laser Time. It's a great group. Discuss things. Use the 30, 20, 2010 tag. We always check it out. Love you guys. And I got to say, this show is brought to you by Nathaniel Kuo and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time who, for the price of a burger and fries, make this entire network possible every single week. Thank you guys so much. We are going to close out with, uh, wow, Desert Rose. By Stung, Ooh. Sting, featuring uh, Chima. <laughs> I kind of love this song. Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll close out with the that. The video just looks like a Jaguar commercial. <laughs> it does. Oh, my gosh. You're Maybe right. it was a Jaguar commercial. I can't even remember. I now. mean, it's so hard to tell with modern music videos anyway. That's it's all true. a commercial for something. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take us out, Sting. 